This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ensure your next purchase is a real deal and shop authentic handbags, watches, sneakers, streetwear and jewellery from eBay, backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. Did I explain it? Did I contextualize it? Did I even I say it at all? Hard to say. I don't remember that word being said, to be honest. <laughs> We've been having like a whole thing without you, Jen. Yeah. Like we're just like doing a whole thing over here. <laughs> Welcome back, Dinner SOS listeners. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. At this point, you're probably familiar with the way we do things here. Each week, one listener brings us a dinner problem. And I work with a BA contributor or someone from the All-Star Test Kitchen team to try and solve it. This week, our listener Jen brought us a highly relatable problem, leftover fatigue. Jen is busy, but bored by eating the same thing night after night. So she reached out for help bringing more variety to her weekly dinners while keeping prep time to a minimum. Associate food editor Kendra Vaculin and I are going head-to-head to to solve Jen's dinner emergency. I'm yet again bringing a competitive spirit to this podcast. It is what I do. I attempt to beat Chris. I'm the only one who feels that way. She's the only one who, like, (laughs) brings that energy into the studio. And I am here to dominate. We'll each give her a recipe and some ideas for adapting it for the next day, but she can only choose one. So let's hear Jen's conundrum in her own words. What I'm really looking for is some strategies to reuse what I've done in new ways, but not get bored throughout the week. Mm. And game this out for me a little bit. Where have you gone wrong before? I really like to make stir fries or one-pot dishes. A really good example was last week I made one of the recipes that was in your magazine that had squash and broccoli and cucumber all mixed together, and then it had a a sauce over top of it. And we had so much leftover of the vegetables that I still think I have some in my fridge. Okay. That sounds like Kendra's recipe for tempeh bowls with nut butter sauce. Um, Yeah. So give me some more examples of the things that you just appreciate eating more than anything else. I have this one really great stir-fry recipe from one of my cookbooks that's udon noodles and mushrooms, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, peanuts, and cilantro, and then a nice Asian sauce over top of it. That one is delicious. What's in the sauce? It's lime, soy, ginger, garlic, sriracha. But yeah, that's my favorite dish by far. (laughs) Another one that I do a lot is Italian Wonder Pot. And it's essentially you throw just pasta into a vegetable broth and then uh, whatever you have around. So I tend to do, you know, Italian sausage, spinach, mushrooms, garlic, ton of tomatoes, ton of Italian spice. You put a lid over top and you let it boil and most of the broth is gone. And then Mm -hmm. you just put some feta on top and it's delicious. So you're not afraid of flavor, we can safely say. I overload. I have to hold back when I cook for other people. Any dietary restrictions, anything you don't eat or just flat out don't like? 
I don't like avocado or beans, but we try everything. That's part of the fun for us. This is one of those cases where I feel like there's not necessarily like a silver bullet recipe here. It's maybe a little bit more of a strategy, you know, in terms of how you create one base of something and adapt it into different guises to kind of trick yourself into, you know, thinking that you're eating vastly different things when the underpinning is largely the same. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Okay, Jen, I'm going to think about who a great co-host would be. And what's going to make this a challenge is that like these are not off the peg solutions, right? There's no one blueprint here. We're going to be having to create some of these linkages for you and give you a little bit of a roadmap that you can hopefully follow or at least have some options for following and hopefully see the payoff of, yes, do not make yourself a stir fry on Sunday and then eat it every day of the week. Doesn't matter how good the udon is, you're going to be sick of it by Wednesday. Yeah, no, it's fine to reuse. And I mean, we all do that. But eating is often the fun part of the evening. And I'd like for it not to be the same each night. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for calling in. You're in good hands. We're going to have a good think about this and come back to you with some solutions, okay? Great, thank you. Jen's problem is one that a ton of Bon Appetit readers and home cooks have encountered. In fact, to address this very problem, our sister brand Epicurious introduced this incredible concept called Nextovers, which is like leftovers, but with a twist. Unlike leftovers, where you eat the same thing each day, Nextovers allows you to make one thing and adapt it into several different dishes night after night without starting from scratch. So this is where Kendra comes in. I do think I was the right person to come to with this because yesterday I did take a pork shoulder ragu from the previous night and turn it into a breakfast bowl with avocado and green sauce and a fried egg. And so I think this is up my alley. So I think finding those things that are like, oh, it's one base thing that represents the bulk of the effort invested into the meal or the dish, Mm -hmm. but then it shows up in different ways. Mm What are the things that we can help her kind of build on yeah. and expand the repertoire and just expand the notion of what leftovers can be? I love it. I'm so ready for this. All right. Thank you. Now, Kendra's been on the show before, and let's just say she brings the heat. So I knew I had to find a recipe that would work for Jen's needs and impress her enough from my recipe choice to beat Kendra's. After the break, we'll get Jen back on the line and present her with some options. Hi there, I'm Deb Perlman, creator and mastermind behind Smitten Kitchen and the author of three cookbooks. And I'm Kenji Lopez-Alt. You might know me from Serious Eats, The Food Lab, and The Walk. We're both professional home cooks, which means that we create and test recipes, obsessing over them until they're just right. And on our new podcast, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb, we'll share our techniques and ingredients so that you can learn everything you need to create your own perfect recipes. From Radiotopia, from PRX... It's The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Out now on your favorite podcast platform. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. 
Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. Before the break, Kendra and I brainstormed some next-over-ready recipes for a head-to-head showdown. And when we called Jen back, Kendra walked her through the life-changing concept of next-overs. The next-over is essentially using the components of that dish or that dish as a whole reworked into something different. So you can kind of trick yourself into feeling like you're having a whole different meal because you are, but using those components that you created earlier. It's a little bit like, I think, the fun version of meal prep. If you think of meal prep as like, I have roasted a bunch of vegetables and put them in a box, and I have made a salsa and I have put it in a box, and I've made a grain and put it in a box, and then each day this week I'm going to like create my own dinner based on bits and bobs that I have in my fridge. Nextovers is applying that same principle to a full dish that you made rather than these sort of disparate parts. That's exactly what I'm looking for. (laughs) Great. Oh, I'm so glad. And I think part of the thing with Nextovers is that the bulk of the work is done. Mm -hmm. You know, you can experience like the joy and the spontaneity of the creative process in terms of adapting what are in fact leftovers into something new, but the work is done. You know, the transformation has taken place. The vegetables are roasted. The chicken is brazy and tender. The pork is shreddy and ready to go. So I think that gives you like just that jump start. And I think the thing to embrace here is that there are no especially when it comes to getting dinner on the table, there are no rules. Break the confines of the recipes that you've tapped for these purposes. Put flavors together that don't maybe normally go together if it means creating something new and that you're excited to eat. Yeah, to that end also, not to be hyperbolic, I do think mastering nextovers makes you a better cook. I think you like start to think about your dishes as the components that make it up and like where else would this protein work well or like what else could this sauce be? what if I dumped a box of chicken stock into this pot now? What would happen? I think you just start to like expand your mind about like what ingredients can become. I do think it makes you just more relaxed and versatile and like ready to roll with the punches in the kitchen. I think what Kendra's trying to say is that when you work in a test kitchen, you bring home some weird stuff. <laughs> it's so true. That just needs to become dinner. Oh my God. It doesn't matter what it takes. Just not me last night being like, no, that's pasta salad as my husband husband tried to like put it into the microwave oh. and then I was like you know what maybe it's a hot pasta now hot I pasta guess salad. like I don't know who knows we'll see it's nice to know that you get to bring home the, uh, your work oh. yeah we don't want to let it go to waste you know especially if we like it a quart container of this and that a takeout container of this and that together in one container because there was only one container left we've seen it all and done it all and I think that is part of when I said like there are no rules don't just assume that certain types of dishes can only belong with other flavors or types of dishes. It's a wide world out there and you can use it all in the service of getting something on the table to eat. With that, Kendra, do you want to bring your fighting spirit and present yours first? Hell yeah. Okay, here I go. I have two main recipes for you and like potentially... 10 trillion ideas of what they can become. So the first is actually a Chris Morocco recipe. I love to do this. I'm going to beat him at his own game. (laughs) This is Chris Morocco's beer braised carnitas. The ingredient list is one, two, three, four, five 
ingredients long. And it's super simple. You're dumping everything into a Dutch oven and letting it go. And what you end up with are these like shreddy bits of seasoned pork. But what I love so much about this recipe is that because the ingredient list is so simple, you're working with some chilies, some beer, some garlic, and some salt. That's it. You can take this finished pork in so many flavor directions. It's pretty much like a blank slate that can take you to a pot of pasta if you want to dump in literally like jarred tomato sauce or like a canned tomato product and then reheat your shreddy pork in that. Now you've got like Insta ragu. Just dump some pasta in there and you're good to go. If you want to put it into tacos or on a tostada, if you want to put it in a grain bowl, if you want to put it in a sandwich, there are so many directions you can go with this pork as your jumping off point. I love having like shreddy meat like this in the fridge because it truly feels like the sky's the limit. Really the gift that keeps on giving this pot of pork. And I think it's a great move for you. That's smart too with uh, the prices right now of meat. Pork yes. is still relatively inexpensive. So. Totally. Mm-hmm. This is four pounds of pork shoulder. Pretty easy. And it's going to serve you for days. The other dish, which I think in a fun way, you could do both of these at the same time and then see all of the different sort of permutations that would involve both of them together. The second one is an Andy Baragani recipe and it's called buttery tomato and cinnamon spiced rice. It's sort of like a spiced pilafy rice all in a pot and letting it do its own thing because I know that that is an easy vibe for cooking. But then once you have this rice, I mean, it's great day of it's flavorful and delightful and can go with any protein or side that you have. You can fry that rice and throw in Mm. vegetables. You can make it into a soup, which I think like this rice, a little bit of stock and that pork You Mm. could have this like pork and rice stew situation really easy. I love leftover rice. It's also just a beautiful gift. You could crisp it up, just do oil in the pan, fill the whole pan with the rice, pat it down so it's like a single layer. And now you've got this crispy rice puck that you can top with whatever proteins or eggs or vegetables you have on hand. It's really a beautiful jumping off point. I think these two things, which involve very little effort from you on the front end can become a lot of things on the back end. What kind of vegetables would go well with that rice? Thinking about like it's like spiced cinnamon and turmeric are the main spices and then tomato paste and then actual tomatoes would go in the rice itself. So if you think about that flavor profile, I feel like you could go really well with roasted carrots, roasted root vegetables would go really well here, or a fresh and crunchy salad would go really nicely with it. I love a fennel salad and I think like a tomatoey spiced rice and a crunchy fennel salad dressed in lemon juice or a bright bracing vinegar would be really nice together. It really kind of could be anything. I think like roasted broccoli or broccolini would be great here a big scoop of yogurt like that's the other yeah, thing like, like pita chips totally yogurt. all that would be great mm. crisp up some chickpeas or white beans or even black beans in a pan and serve it alongside this as your next over the next day throw an egg on there yeah Jen, you had mentioned Italian Wonder Pot as one of your go-to one-pot solutions, right? That's a really compelling approach when you're looking at one dish that you're going to consume within a very finite and maybe small window of time. But I don't know that that style of pasta or just that pasta in general lends itself to the next over concept as well as what Kendra's talking about, which is sort of like the Persian version 
of Wonder Pop, mm. you know? And and Andy's, like, a really big fan of putting tomato together with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a very savory flavor, and it works beautifully. And I can't underscore enough how adaptable that approach would be to all these other flavors and ingredients that Kendra's talking about. It would pair so well with sumac, za'atar, mm. other strong, mm-hmm. warm spices, cumin, coriander. It melds into savory food in a way that I think would really stun you. And rice in general takes so much better than pasta to being reheated, to being knocked about. There's a lot that you can do there. Why am I defending Kendra's choices? Why am I not talking (laughs) about mine? Well, I just want to really quickly before we get to yours, there was a period of time last Christmas break where I called everything I was doing soupifying. I was soupifying everything. And like, I do think if you just in your brain think of the word soupify, it's actually quite a good technique for looking into your fridge and being like, what do I have? What can I soupify? If you have leftovers, it can become a soup. It really doesn't matter what you have. It can become a soup. And either this rice or this pork, I think, can become a great soup separately or together. Do we declare victory for Kendra and just walk out of here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the end Uh, of the day, I'm probably going to cook every single thing that you give me at some point. It's just a question of which one I do first. We love an equal (laughs) opportunity chef. So here's the funny thing, Jen. So we truly don't really talk about specific dishes coming into these conversations, which will be evident when I say that I really only had one because it, for me, was like the far and away winner, at least in my mind, and something that I lean on all the time. And it was Rick Martinez's chicken tinga tostadas with Mm. bacony black beans. And You know, chicken tinga, it's different from the carnitas to the extent that, well, it's chicken and it's kind of braising in like a very kind of bright and punchy, tomato-y, chili-infused sauce. But the versatility is the same exact thing. The value proposition is you've done the work of turning just chicken breasts into tender, shreddy, really malleable ingredient that you can work into all kinds of weeknight-friendly dishes. So for me, like this is something that I do at home all the time. And sometimes I don't even make the braising sauce myself for the chicken. Sometimes I'll just use like a pouch of red enchilada sauce that I'll just braise some chicken in just to have as like a head start on meal prep for the week and just to have on hand. I literally have it in my fridge at home right now. On one day, we made quesadillas with it, layered into flour tortillas with some sharp cheddar cheese. Last night, we used it to make rice bowls and I had some fun guacamole that I wanted to use up in sour cream left over from making birthday cake from one of my kids. I could soupify it. I was thinking about that a lot. You know, I could combine it with canned hominy to make a pozole, but sky's the limit. And yeah, and I think we might have even used it to make tacos too. So sometimes the solutions are very obvious, but sometimes less so. And I think I really appreciate that Kendra is laying out all the ways in which you can stretch those adaptations into kind of new categories of dishes that aren't necessarily obvious from the get-go. And I know you mentioned, I think, that you don't love being beans. I was listening, I promise. But refried beans to me are another one of those things that man, I love having them on hand. If you're going to go canned, for me, it's Amy's black beans or the pinto beans, I think. But making your own refried beans, just like that textural transformation, that flavor transformation, infusing them with a little bit of animal fat, even if that's just butter, I mean, is just such a win. So maybe I can convince you to try that component (laughs) of the recipe. Maybe I can't, but that's another great, really versatile component. You can make those two things and spin them out in different directions use them in different ways and not necessarily combine them. So that was mine. 
Are you feeling good? Are you feeling inspired? I am. Yeah. It's interesting to have heard the conversation about the rice because that's something I've been trying to do a lot more recently. So that's kind of affirming to know that I'm doing Mm -hmm. the right thing. That is 100% the right impulse. Yeah. No, I'm very excited about that. Great. Well, listen, up to you what you choose, or at least what you choose first. Kendra certainly will be hanging around with bated breath to find out. It's okay if you don't choose mine. Honestly, I won't be crushed. (laughs) But yeah, these are all three great recipes. And I think sometimes being a good cook is knowing how to evaluate a recipe for all the things that it doesn't say, Mm. you know, for all the ways that you can just intuit how to make that food suit your own needs, right? And be Mm. adaptable to your own circumstances or context. So I'm so curious to see what you do with it. And I think part of this exercise that's really fun is it's not just knowing what recipe you choose, it's how you choose to use that recipe in the week that follows. Mm -hmm. And and that's Mm -hmm. what I'm really curious about because, like I said, sky's the limit. So have fun with it, okay? Thank you. Thanks so much, Jen. So we sent Jen both plans of attack, Kendra's suggestions, the beer-braised carnitas and buttery tomato and cinnamon-spiced rice, and mine, chicken tinga tostadas with bacony black beans. We also sent her all the ideas we had for adapting these recipes into exciting nextovers. After the break, Jen reveals her nextover recipe choice. Here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. But what if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription, including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's SOS20 for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self-destructs. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. So after a few weeks went by, we called Jen back to hear whether she likes me or Kendra more, or, well, rather, which recipes she chose to turn into nextovers. Hi, Jen. It sounds like you've been busy over the last couple weeks. I have been. Do you want to play for us the voice memo that reveals your choice? Yes. Okay, so I decided to be bad, and I am making two of the recipes, the beer braised carnitas and the buttery tomato and cinnamon spiced rice. And I have a bit of a plan for how I'm going to reuse each of these over the next couple of days, and I'm super excited to get started. Hell yes! Sorry, we're going to need a minute to reset in here. Jen, I knew you were my favorite. Kendra just ripped off her headphones, <laughs> threw them at the wall, and a fit 
of joy and then flipped over the table. <laughs> My celebration took over this whole room. It's a lot wow. of flying hair and Love elbows. It. Before we continue with Jen, Kendra, yes. winner this time, is going to explain <laughs> how to make both of her suggestions, the beer-braised carnitas and buttery tomato and cinnamon-spiced rice. Your beer-braised carnitas. I ha- can take partial <laughs> credit for the win. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that much. Okay, so... How to make Chris Morocco's beer braised carnitas. First, you toast some dried chilies in a wide, heavy pot until slightly puffed and lightly darkened on both sides. Then you'll pull them out, let them cool, cut off the stem, and remove all the seeds from the insides. You'll add the chilies back to the pot along with pork shoulder, garlic, salt, water, and 12 ounces of beer like Modelo or Budweiser. You'll bring that mixture to a boil, reduce the heat, cover it, and simmer it until the pork is fork tender. Then uncover it and keep cooking until all that liquid is gone, and you're left with a shreddy, delightful pot full of pork. The last step is to add a little bit more water to this delicious mixture and cook for another minute, scraping all those brown bits that have accumulated on the bottom of the pot. For the rice, first you cook down onion and garlic in a pot, and then add tomato paste and fresh tomatoes and cook them down. You'll add in your rice and your spices, which are cinnamon and turmeric, and then a bunch of water. You'll bring it to a boil, turn the heat all the way down, cover it, and then let that cook for 20 to 25 minutes. Remove it from the heat, let it sit for 10 minutes to sort of steam through, and then finish it with butter, adding a little bit of richness, stir that in, fluff the rice with a fork, and you're good to go. Jen, talk to us about your choices. Walk us through how it went making them, and then what did you do with them afterwards? So it was really great. The carnitas were super fun, and watching the pork kind of transform throughout the course of making them was really incredible. Oh my gosh, it was so delicious. And then because I could cook that for so long, it was just a breeze doing the other things I was making. So Mm. the rice was like no problem at all, did mise en place, and just took my time and and then everything came together so well. My partner said it was the best meat that he's ever had in his entire life. What? Oh my God, hell yeah. yeah. Was he a vegetarian up until the day before? Or <laughs> No, he loves meat of every kind. I get it. I think shreddy is the number one consistency of meat. Complete transformation. And well, uh, do you want to talk about the tomato rice first? Or do you want to talk about how that played out over the course of the next few days? For the first dish, it was definitely the carnitas that were the standout. But the rice really lent itself to different dishes throughout the week in a really nice way. And the next day I worked from home and we used the carnitas and we just put it on bread with pickles and mustard and coleslaw. Oh my God. And we had like a nice sandwich. Like a Cuban kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. And then that evening we had tacos with the carnitas and kind of sour cream and lime and cilantro sauce with the coleslaw again. So I felt like it was truly a next over because each dish had an element of the other dish but not Mm. all of them. Yeah. And then later on in the week, I did the carnitas with the rice and mixed with eggs and hot sauce and green onions and kind of just made like a breakfast stir fry kind of thing. Wow. Ooh, for breakfast. Yeah. It kept it exciting, which is exactly what I was looking for. Anything you kind of learned along the way or wish you'd known sooner along the way? I didn't have a Dutch oven. Mm. 
And oh. I've always used pots whenever something called for a Dutch oven. And for this one, I just went all in. I was like, whatever, I'm just going <gasps> to buy myself my first Dutch oven. So I bought one. It wasn't a Le Creuset, but it did the trick. And yeah, it was exciting. Oh, but that's huge. Uh, cooking in that was really exciting for me. And just the way that that work turned out was really incredible. And if you're really looking for extra credit next time, this is something, you know, one finds in other carnitas recipes on occasion, but a mix of pork shoulder and a piece of pork belly Mm. for a little extra fat and kind of richness in there, I mean, will really bring the house down. Yeah. And you, you could know. even cheat and like throw a piece of bacon in there. Yeah. Like anything right. could work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did want to mention the chicken tinga tostadas for what it's worth. It's a similar principle, but being applied to chicken breasts. So you get to the finish line a little bit faster. Might be worth it for next time. Yeah. Just one to consider where, again, you're investing that labor and that time and transforming the texture of that meat in ways that makes it a much more versatile place later on and allows you infinite options in terms of how to incorporate that into other dishes. Sounds like I just really didn't convince you with those beans, huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's not a beans gal. She's not team bean. (laughs) (laughs) When I was trying to decide, I was thinking, you know what, if I'm doing this thing, maybe I should just go out on a limb and, you know, make the beans. And then I thought, you know what? No, I have to go with my heart. (laughs) Yes, you do. You have to listen to your heart. And I'm not just saying that because you went with all my stuff. I really appreciate that you really followed the exercise and you got into the spirit of the thing and figured out where these dishes could take you in your own week on your own path. Yeah, I think it's going to be really helpful for me going forward and I'll have fewer things go bad in the fridge and I won't be overbuying. And you know what, like I said, I'll also keep it exciting, which was the thing that was most important to me. So I'm I'm really excited about taking these strategies and using them with different components going forward. And you can make them in your new Dutch, Dutch oven. oven. Yes, <laughs> yes, you beat I know. me to it. <laughs> so I'm going to be practicing everything in that. I love it. So we were able to help Jen achieve next over nirvana, but this whole process wasn't as easy on her as you may think. Jen had to make a few sacrifices along the way. You should know the self-control that I exercised in following the recipe when it comes to garlic. Normally I would double the amount of cloves in this, but uh, I am doing it exactly as you are telling me to do it. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. And listeners, we've been tackling a lot of savory dinner SOSs lately, which is great. But for an upcoming episode, we want to hear all about your questions about cakes. So if you're dying to know the difference between Victoria and Genoese sponges, yes, I just pronounced it like a contestant on the Great British Bake Off, How You Like Me Now, or want to make an ambitious birthday cake for someone you love, get in touch. You just might hear your voice message or email on the show. You can find the recipes featured on today's episode, beer-braised carnitas, buttery tomato and cinnamon-spiced rice, and chicken tinga tostadas with bacony black beans, plus the rest of the Bon Appetit recipe archive on the new Epicurious app, brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice, and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Kendra Vaculin. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. 
Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Leah Kasher is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Next week, we help a listener perfect his at-home mac and cheese game. I have made it so many times, so many different recipes, and I just can never get it right. It tastes like cardboard, tastes like flour. I'll use fancier cheeses to make it a little more flavorful, and I'll taste it, and I'm like, I feel like I'm chewing on a cardboard box. At one point, I was like, is she just freestyling the whole thing? My God, will you stop showing off? Not to brag, (laughs) I did go to theater school, so I'm very good at improv. (laughs) Tell me about your mama's kitchen. This teeny tiny little room was where we did everything. We grew up there. We became teenagers, adults in that small space. I'm Michelle Norris. The kitchen is usually the heartbeat of our homes. It's the place where we're nourished physically and spiritually. It's where the people we love most chased away life's furies with skillets and spatulas. I love you. I really care about you. Those words don't come naturally. But what you can do is hand someone a corned beef sandwich that's the size of your head. And that means the same thing. Every week I'm serving up a new episode of this Audible original podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. They're available anywhere you listen.